we did get um this one little girl who um we've had her since she was eight months old and it's been about two years now and we've become very attached to her and um it turns out that um the court says the mother's going to lose parental rights and um we want to adopt her only because we're the only people that she's ever known and it would be completely traumatic for her to be torn away from us who are basically her parents CPS and when, and today I'm joined by our surprise guest host, Georgette, Miss G. How are you, Georgette? Yes, sir. I'm doing great, Mr. Davis. Let's talk to another caller. Let's talk to uh, Tony from California. Tony, did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Um, it's a little bit of both, but uh, I am a foster parent, and um, uh, I just wanted to explain the situation that we're in and ask you if there's something that we could do. Uh, first of all, we entered foster parenting not to adopt, but my wife was actually in the system when she was a little girl, and it was a really bad experience for her. So we always had in mind one day to become foster parents to provide a safe space for kids so they can go back to their parents, which is what we had been doing for the past couple of years. And... Um, we did get um, this one little girl who um, we've had her since she was eight months old and it's been about two years now and we've become very attached to her. And um, it turns out that um, the court says the mother's going to lose parental rights and um, we want to adopt her only because we're the only people that she's ever known and it would be completely traumatic for her to be torn away from us who are basically her parents and uh, taken somewhere else. And what's, what the court is deciding to do is um, to put her with an uncle that lives in another state who she's never met. And um, we're just really worried about her. I mean, we're going to miss her if she goes and all that stuff. But the main thing is we're just worried about the trauma that she's going to experience as, as well. That's, that's the major thing. And uh, we want to know if there's anything that we can do to make a plea to the judge and tell him, look, you know, this is not going to be good for this little girl. She's going somewhere to a, a, a relative that she's never met. Um, and this relative, you know, who knows why he's taking this child because he doesn't apparently even have a relationship with the mother because we do talk to the mother. And, um, it's just, I, I don't know what to do. It's, 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 we're really worried about her and, and it's really upsetting. How old is the child? Uh, she's going to be three in June. And how long has she been living with you? Um, since she was eight months old, about two years. Okay. And what you should do is you should talk to an attorney about filing the following types of motions and petitions with the juvenile court. Number one, you need to file a 388 petition, uh, a de facto motion. 
you might try the presumed parent motion and um, an 827 to disclose all of the, all of the records. Um, you know, this is a very unusual story. Usually it's the, the relative calling me to try to get the child out of foster care because theoretically the law does say, you know, the children should be placed with relatives when possible with family. But there's always that situation where the child's been there, you know, for such a long period of time, and you may be considered the child's only, you know, a family that the child's ever known. So in order to try to fight that, you know, I don't know all the facts, but in order to try to fight that, you're going to have to go to court, uh, preferably with an attorney, and file your motions and petitions to try to change the judge's mind. Okay, yeah, because we feel like, I mean, the, we feel like the mother, she's always trying to game the system, and we feel like, she, I don't know what, what she's doing. She had told us all along that if she lost um, custody of the child, that she would want us to have the child because we have, you know, we're basically the child's parents. And, mm -hmm. um, and then she uh, brought up to uh, the judge and the lawyer that she has a brother that lives out of state which is way far away from where she is she um she wouldn't even be able to visit this child if she stayed where she is and i doubt she would be able to move because i know all the circumstances so she's basically putting the child into a place where it's going to be far away from her where she's probably not going to be able to get to see the child very much at all and um it's just completely ripping the child away from the only life that she's ever known. Do you think that um, the the brother who gets the child and the mother are, they have some type of scheme where the brother will just adopt the child and turn the child back over to the mother? Is that what you're thinking? That We think that that could be a possibility because she, uh, she does, she's always trying, instead of like following the rules, which is one of the reasons why she wasn't able to why she lost her um, parental rights. Mm -hmm. She would always just try and come up with lies to tell to the social worker or whatever. And it was, we just have a feeling that there's, again, she's, she's the type of person that likes to game the system. So I have a feeling that it would be natural for her to want to do something like that. I see, I see. Okay, well, if you want to try to change the judge's mind, those are the things that you're gonna to have to do. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you very much for your advice, Mr. Davis. Thank you for calling, Tony. Appreciate you listening to the show. Call us back in three or four weeks and let us know what's going on with that child, okay? All right. I will do. Thank you very much. All right. Georgette. Yes. I would like to respond to this, uh, to Tony, okay. uh, story real quick. First of all, um, Oftentimes, social workers will tell the foster parents that the mother does this, the mother is, is lying, the mother is um, not completing her classes, did not complete, you know, whatever, you know, assignment that the Department of Child Services told her to complete. Oftentimes, the parents do complete the classes, and the parents don't do what the social, didn't do what the social worker was done in the report. However, the foster parents are only hearing one side of the story. Mm -hmm. Okay, because the parents don't talk to the foster parents. They don't share the story with them. 
So basically, all they know is what they are told in the report of that is written by a corrupt, lying, piece of God knows what, social worker. So if there is a family member that needs uh, or the family member that's available for that child, that is blood family. That child needs to be placed with the blood family first. If there is no family members that are able to care for the child, then I understand that the foster parent bonded with this child. But what the foster parent doesn't understand is that that child was traumatized when he or she was removed from their home to begin with. That's all I have to say. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, that we know your opinion. Does it matter um, to you whether moving the child at this age might harm the child? The child was already traumatized from the day from day one that child was removed. So is that a yes or a no? Or an I don't. It's know. not going to traumatize the child for the child to be placed with family members because those family members are going to love that child and care for that child as their own. You know, and I do believe of, that the child should be placed with family. There's a lot of research coming down on this that uh, seems to say otherwise. Um, uh, let me explain, actually. There was a new law that Governor Newsom signed on January 1st, 2022, um, that was passed by Nancy. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Nancy Snitters, I can't remember her last name, but Two minutes. that law stipulates that if a child has a family member who has a drug record, for example, from, you know, decades ago, or if a child's um, relatives has a criminal record from decades ago, they cannot, CPS cannot hold that child against their will from being placed with that family member, that it should be forgiven because he or she current situation does not reflect on their decades ago cases, right? Our mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. For instance, the child, the, the, the social workers would hold the child away from their family members because they had a case when they were 16 years old, like arson or theft or, or a felony or a grandfather that had a record when he was 21 and that grandfather is 70 or 64 and never, you know, never had any prior, I mean, any bad record after that, they shouldn't withhold the child from being placed with the grandfather or the grandmother, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? However, that law did pass recently. And I know that the social workers will come and find a way to set some kind of rule in place to violate that too. Because that's what they do best. They violate one minute, and they violate people's parents' constitutional rights. You said on your, um, on your on your video for the documentary that you did is that you have more rights as a criminal than you do as a parent, and that really hits my heart because that's exactly what social workers are doing. Mm -hmm. All of that to get the incentives, because for the adoption they get more money. For adopting a child. Hold on, Georgia. Hold on a second. Engineer saying that we have to take another break. This is the secret. How to fight CPS and when? We'll be right back after these messages. Mm -hmm. 